0: Welcome, and thank you for tuning into Organon, the podcast of Ology Research Group, exploring contemporary social issues via data insights and change. According to the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, OECD, the number of working men without a college degree has been on the decline uh, from 95% uh, in in the 1960s to 85% in 2015, leading some economists to worry. Ariel Binder and John Bound of the University of Michigan has a theory as to why this is occurring, with shifting family dynamics, women taking on leadership roles, and some other reasons that uh, have yet to be explored. Today, we discuss their research and have a discussion about why we believe this trend has been continuing. We invite you to join our table. Let's discuss. From the East Coast, we have myself, Carl. And joining us from the West Coast, we have...
1: Hey there, Casey.
0: Casey, take it away.
1: Just us two today. Yeah, um, so there's a really cool article on The Atlantic that I found the other day. Um, It's called, Where Have All the Men Without College Degrees Gone? And it's by Adam Harris. And basically, he was talking the fact that um, over since 1960s, more and more men without college degree are missing from the labor force. In fact, in 1960, 95% of them are working, like in reported working. Now it's only 85%. So even though there's only about 10% change, that's a lot for talking about a huge segment of the population. Um, so there's a lot of economists are trying to Figure out why that's the case. I mean, is it the fact that the wages have declined, or is it the fact that the opportunities to work is not there anymore, or maybe the, the job, there's no jobs for them? And um, this recent uh, theory proposed by Ariel um, Ariel what's the name? Ariel um, Binder and John Bound of the University of Michigan proposed a really interesting part, argument because they said that. It's not the fact that it's economic, like the wages, because wages, in fact, has been steady for the past 40 years. So it's not because there's no money or like there's less money. What they argue is creatively is that because the family dynamic is shifting, it's taking off leverage of pressure on men from working. So, for example, mother working now, it, you know, n- uh, enable men to not be the sole bread provider anymore so it alleviate that pressure and then the second thing is um the idea that um um you know like um well actually that was the, the main argument that is that the shifting family dynamic is uh is it's creating um a vacuum where they don't need to be as aggressive labor anymore and um maybe that change then maybe they're they're co cooperating with their the wives or and the fact is they don't need to marry anymore as much or the single so married is not um uh, that's a word being single and not having to care for family was the main reason that they argue i think i'm rambling what do you think
0: well i think if we reflect back to the 60s um uh-huh. and just Considering the fact that back then it was probably a lot easier to get a sort of job where you didn't require a college degree. And I think this is where it kind of is kicking us in the butt a little bit. The whole push for higher education as kind of like the golden ticket to make it because mm-hmm. it, it kind of downplays the importance of um Un, what I don't know what they categorize it, but like un, unskilled labor, right, mm-hmm. as, a, as something that's important for, for our country, too. Like, you know, there's also lots of construction jobs and um, other programs um, or other employments that only require like a certification, maybe like being an electrician or something like that um or doing some sort of um like mechanical work that would normally not require a college degree or even going to the military for example which you don't really have to have a college degree for but in the past where you were able to get a high school diploma and get a job for that uh with that um diploma is is kind of rare nowadays cuz even for, for any type of office job they're gonna, they're gonna wanna at least see a bachelor's degree, which is interesting because it's kind of like getting an associate's degree is like getting a high school diploma, right? 2.0. You can, you mm-hmm. can barely get a job with an associate's degree uh, already. And uh, yeah. even if you put in four years of education, you get a bachelor's degree. You're lucky if you end up getting a good office job that pays you minimum wage, at least. Right. So the the dynamic has definitely changed. I think if we continue to make pushes for higher education is like the only way to, to go, um, that we're going to continue to see the trend declining. And just because somebody has a college degree doesn't necessarily label them as like a success in a way, because you could have a bunch of degrees and not have any jobs at all because you overqualify for everything you apply for. So that is also kind of troubling. So I actually see an indicator of success being more do you or do you not have a job, right, as opposed to have you acquired a college degree.
1: It's a really complex question, uh, um, dynamic, because at one point I kind of feel like it's good that we're we'll oversaturated with college degrees because that makes a job, the jobs are in our society as a whole, becomes more, you know, at, in the. Uh, in uh, not production based, but more kind of uh, information, technology we were able to do more advanced work. Mm-hmm. So for example, 10 years ago, the idea that going to school for a data science degree didn't even exist. I mean, the idea of science degrees five years ago was kind of convoluted. Mm-hmm. So now more and more people are doing that. And then, you know, the, the job for starting salary for data science is pretty high, even like, as someone just know the skill set. So like maybe those kind of jobs are good because the making our society grow, progress, you know, more so than just a someone who is a construction worker. Mm-hmm. Um but you but um like it, I guess it's just applying demand and it's shifting our economic focus. Because the there's a really good I forgot documentary I saw it's on Netflix, but the guy made a really good point about um no no it's not it's oh it's john oliver <laughs> what bc did he was saying how 200 years ago if an economist was like oh my god 85 percent of the population is into farming but 100 years from now only two percent of the people are doing farming that's horrible we're gonna lose all these jobs but that's not the way that it really works is the people who were farmers became you know business workers, and that created a whole new market. And that was actually a good thing, that we only had 2% farmers it, You now, because we don't need that many in farming. So I'm wondering like maybe we don't need that many unskilled jobs, and more and more skilled, qualified, education-based jobs.
0: Mm-hmm. But then, if you look at Spain, for example, I used to be an academic advisor for graduate students. Mm-hmm. And I, had, I noticed that I had a lot of students from, international students from Spain, who Uh enrolled in business programs in the U.S. in our school. And I asked one, I said, you know, what, you know, not not that you're not welcome here, but I'm just curious to know, like, what is this phenomenon of us having a lot of Spanish students here? And by Spanish, I don't mean language. I mean, Spanish, Spanish, you Mm -hmm. know, what's what's happening. And then one of the answers that I got was that in Spain yes you can go to you can pursue a higher education for free and what happens is now amongst young people in Spain there's too many lawyers there's too many doctors and there aren't enough vacancies to fill these positions so i was i was counseling a student who is actually a lawyer in Spain who came to the US to get an MBA because he couldn't find a job as a lawyer in Spain so one of the things that I see like, yeah, I'm glad that you brought up the supply demand thing is that you know, we could have like we have a system in place that can create like an oversupply. And that's great for employers, because that means that if they do have these um, high skilled Um, positions or these technical positions that they need to fill, they're not going to have a hard time filling the position, but it's also bad for that pool of uh, qualified candidates because there aren't going to be enough positions to satisfy whatever job it is that they're trying to seek. So that's why there kind of has to be like a balance. Um, and even like in the example that you said about the agricultural thing, I think it's good if. Um, the job is being converted into something else that still either mm-hmm. maintains production or increases it. But if it decreases it, then that's not so good. And in my dissertation, um, I came across an article that talked about how in the '50s, people were scared about automation because mm-hmm. um, yeah. the ATM was coming around, and, ba- yes. and, and tellers, yeah. bank tellers, were really scared about that. And yeah. um, It ended up not necessarily coming in and taking anybody's job, even though today's ATM is much more advanced and Mm -hmm. could do all the things that a teller 20 or 10 years ago can do. Right. You can deposit Mm -hmm. checks. You can cash checks. You can do a whole bunch of stuff with with an ATM Mm -hmm. nowadays. So now. Banks don't have to employ as many tellers, right? And you have mm-hmm. the option to the uh, to the for the consumer to just use an ATM if they want to, but mm-hmm. di- it didn't necessarily wipe clean the need for human interaction because some people still like that.
1: Yeah, and also like the the what we call it the customer service that was another thing that machine replacing them that was a big fear. But that's not the case anymore.
0: Yeah, with yeah. Ex- with the exception of those telephone prompts that tried to like oh, god I hate
1: triage them.
0: yeah those are yeah those are pretty so bad.
1: annoying regardless how nice the voice sound just give me a real person please um, yeah.
0: and I was actually surprised that um, we had our, our baby registry uh, from mm-hmm. several weeks ago through Amazon mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we got a crib but it didn't come with a mattress and we had to call customer service and I was like oh great Amazon is mm-hmm. such a huge company yeah they're super profitable I bet you they have millions of people calling every second. I said I'm probably mm-hmm. going to get a prompt and this is going to be a very annoying phone call. Uh-huh. Nope. I called them. I got somebody on the line right away. She was super oh. helpful and I was very impressed. Oh, customer service 101. <laughs> yeah, so that was great. I'll you it a review. Hopefully it'll it'll stay that way, right? With Amazon and other and other companies can kind of follow suit, but you know, that human interaction piece is very um it's very, it's nice to have, even though some people have become kind of like apathetic and they don't like interacting with people, but some people do.
1: Yeah, efficiency over uh, human interaction. I I guess it makes it both because sometimes I just don't want the person like, hey, how are you doing today? You know, like sometimes when I'm angry, it's like just, just, just like helping my issues and mm-hmm. let's go. And I hate when they try to do reflective listening horribly because you can tell they were trained to do it, but they're not doing very good. Mm -hmm. Especially when, like, I'm sorry that you feel that way. It's like, boo, that's not human reflective listening. Mm -hmm. Or, like, I will say, like, this thing doesn't work. I'm really angry. And I'm like, oh, that thing doesn't work and you're really angry. I'm sorry, but we can't do that kind of policy. I'm like, ah,
0: Mm -hmm. that's
1: fake reflection. You're not doing it right. Mm
0: Yeah. Or mine when I used to work customer services, I used to say, "Oh, really? Wow. Wow." <laughs> I used I was you. How a, about that wow, no? Huh? <laughs> I was a wower, like, "Oh, wow, this is such an anomaly. I've never heard I've never heard of this before." <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so uh we're now at about the 13-minute mark in the episode. So do we want to kind of uh start to wrap up some final thoughts about yeah i'm good with final thoughts all right cool so since it's just us two we might as well just both um we can both how about this we both ask each other something okay cool you want to start or shall i all right i'll start the question okay okay now we're seeing a declining trend of the working man without a college degree but what do you think about women where, what are the trends looking like for women and what what do you think is driving that phenomenon?
1: Actually that's a really good question. I think women labor force have increased or say the same because a lot of the unskilled laborers deals with domestic domesticity like um you know like cleaning or like housework not that they like employ like maids and kind of nannies and laborers um. And also, like, human relation, kind of like customer service. So for them, it's not a big decline. And also, women who have kids, they're they're very, they have to get jobs, regardless. Like, their force is not an option. So I would say that their employee is the same. Because if if, if it is the case that non-educated women are declining, this article will say so. But they're directly pointing at men. Mm -hmm. What do you think?
0: Oh, you want me to answer that same question too?
1: Yeah. Because we both.
0: So um, I don't know if this is the case across the country, but I know that um, there's the N for women is greater than men when Mm -hmm. when you're looking at like major metropolitan cities for the most part anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's not Mm -hmm. uncommon. And even when you look at statistics, there's a website um, called... Um what is it? I forget the name it of the just website.
1: It's no, no, no.
0: It's a it's a Department of Education website. Um there's one called LC which is a, the elementary and secondary information data system. Mm-hmm. And then there's also one for higher education. And mm-hmm. the higher education one shows you like uh statistics about how many men and women are enrolled at certain schools in certain states mm-hmm. and racial breakdown and things like that, graduation rates. And uh-huh. no matter which school or state or city you look at, there's always going to be higher enrollment of women anyway. Uh, so I think that just just being, like if we're looking at a statistical test and you're looking at uh-huh. males versus females, uh-huh. the f- females are going to have higher probability of enrollment, therefore higher uh-huh. probability of getting college degrees, therefore uh-huh. higher probability of getting higher paid jobs that are not low-skilled positions. And uh-huh. uh, I think that... It's it's not exactly like a seesaw between men and women. I don't think women are mm. taking men's jobs anyway or anything oh, like that. Oh, they are.
1: Let's see that new campaign. Hashtag. <laughs> men are losing. <laughs>
0: okay. But <laughs> I do think that, um, you know, it's it's great. I, th- I think that it's great that we we have um, a lot of women out there with, with college education and they're getting g- uh, good jobs too. But it does lend the question about the men without a college degree and what's happening and what what's also happening with um these these positions that are low skilled labor Mm -hmm. positions we still do Mm -hmm. need them in society because Mm -hmm. if nobody is like building our buildings then who will do it you know what i mean god will you know he can do anything (laughs) yeah
1: okay my question to you is kind of related to it it's about statistics i wonder if this is a sampling error that they're participating because think of this, more and more kids are doing gun education, right? So that includes men and women. So if, if let's say between now and 20 years ago, there were less men going to college, there, should, there will be a sample who are likely to go to college who, who, who could have been in the labor force, but they instead went to college so, so already have a smaller, uneducated man sampling, mm-hmm. and majority of them, I would argue, maybe they're a lot older or s- near retirement, where they can't really do the manual labor, so they're not working in that regard. So maybe that's why this number is a bit off, like from ninety-five percent to eighty-five percent. And I wonder if that's actually not a bad thing.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you thought? It's possible. I mean, I'm not, I'm not familiar with uh, the OECD's assessment and how they. How they queried these people, mm-hmm. but if this survey was administered in the campus setting, then obviously it's kind of skewed in a mm-hmm. way. Um, yeah. If it was done, if it was done as like a household uh, uh-huh. survey, um, like the Census Bureau is done, mm-hmm. right? Most of us work um, nine to five, right, mm-hmm. Monday through Friday. And yeah. in the 60s, one can assume that so does the Census Bureau. So if they're going door to door, knocking right in the 60s, asking uh-huh. people to take this the survey, they're probably uh-huh. going to get stay-at-home moms or no one's going to answer the door, right? Uh-huh. So then, yeah. then there's kind of like a, a bit of skewedness there, too. And then also we have um, a lot of surveys that are done now that are like over the phone that are through uh-huh. automated prompts or through text uh-huh. messaging. And uh-huh. you'll, you have to be critical about what is the sample or, or who who is more likely to respond to these type of surveys too. Um, and I, yeah. I think based on a, a survey methodology uh-huh. class that I took a long time ago, if I remember correctly, women uh-huh. are more likely to take surveys anyway.
1: Women are likely to do anything that's in social media too. <laughs> okay. Like the when in doubt, go to a woman because they're always likely to do all the stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know in our, in our survey work, that's what we're, we had to like, we actually have to, like, control the sample size. Like, make sure that that not the too much women are entering. We have to like artificially inflate the male sample size too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh interesting, and a nice little note there for students who are uh, seeking. Maybe employment or research and statistics to keep in mind of who the, who the sample is and and make sure that you uh, elevate all of these potential biases in your in your data. And now we'd like to turn to our listeners. What do you think? Are there any ideas for what you want to hear in the show? Make sure to drop us a line at infoologyresearchgroup.org. Check out our website to learn about our awesome services. And if you're interested in donating to our cause, Ology is a IRS five hundred one c three nonprofit corporation, so all donations are Tax deductible. Until next time.
1: Hello.